So many things I'd like to share today, and it all relates to, of course, this path of initiation. But one of the things I wanted to share more about, and maybe even have question later if it moves that way, is really this action here we're doing of initiation. And it's important to remember there's three components here, as it's always been taught throughout history, that in this action of initiation, there's two other important things. As most of you know here, that initiation, if we could call the physical action of initiation, simply receiving those sacred names of God that we are to meditate upon as we go inwardly. Now spiritually, initiation truly is that greater action of connecting with God's grace through the Holy Spirit or that which we call the Word of God, the sound current, that voice of God, also called that Word made flesh, as that action comes into the physical world. And that's why we have the physical initiation, that even in this physical consciousness, that there is a spiritual connection made so that that true, full essence of God lives in us and through us, awakening us even into the physical level. Because that's where we find ourselves, and that's where we, the soul, in a sense, are entrapped. And I say in a sense, because in truth, we're not. But we have the illusion of being entrapped or entangled in this physical world, let alone the astrocausal, mental, and etheric worlds. So that action of initiation is the key to really opening the door to our own soul's freedom and greater journey of awakening to truly, in a sense, transcend these physical worlds of time and space and return into the realms of soul and spirit. But in that action of initiation, there's two other components. One is the teacher, the teacher that gives the initiation and how the Holy Spirit works with that teacher, with the initiate, the disciple, or the student, and also the meditation, because that meditation even once we have a teacher and receive the initiation, if we ourselves don't make ourselves available in practice of meditation upon those sacred names given in initiation, then we don't necessarily bring alive or, shall we say, walk the journey back into the heart of God. It's a relationship. It really is a two-way relationship where we participate with God and God participates with us. And that action of God's participation with us in this walk home to the soul realm, that action takes place through the spiritual teacher, the spiritual teacher, the spiritual form. That spiritual form is that living word, that sound current, the Holy Spirit, that is God's loving and expression, moving in and through all these worlds of time and space. So even though in the physical world we can see a spiritual teacher, such as myself or Jim, or many other teachers also through the ages, that that's only a physical vehicle by which that action can take place where we find ourselves in this physical realm. I know many of you that are meditating on those unspoken names given in initiation, that some of you do begin to see and have experience with the greater truth of that action of loving 
and with the spiritual teacher. Whether the teacher shows up as an individualized form, even appearing as myself or Jim, or simply as a radiant light, like the purple light or the blue light we speak of, or the white and gold light, or even in many unseen ways, but yet we know that divine presence that is God's loving. And it's up to us to pay attention, but to open the door so that that action can take place in us and through us and bring us back home. We often hear this action of surrendering and allowing God's grace to free us, to move in us and through us, to release us of the attachments, the karmas, the desires, the fears, the judgments, the reactions. But then also that action of where God now brings our soul home. I've often spoken of it literally as the hand of God coming and picking us up and just carrying us back. That truly is what takes place. But in that, there is also this other action of us as that divine spark opening and allowing that action to take place. That's our part. That's the part of the relationship. Think of it even a relationship in the world, whether it's a spouse, a best friend, a sibling, a parent, a boss, any of it. In any relationship, isn't it interesting that are you aware when you make yourself very open and vulnerable and become, in a sense, what we call intimate or close and personal, what we feel and what we experience just with another human being and how we can just be filled with loving? Or at other times, when we feel ourselves, in a sense, shut down or closed off or in separation, what that feels like when there's a distance where we can't even talk to somebody in the pain and the reaction we go through. Think of just what we experience here in our own relationships in the world. It's no different inside with God. It is a relationship. It's challenging because it is unseen or invisible to the physical eye. And that's why it takes time to awaken and become aware of that true relationship through spirit, through the subtlety, that movement of loving. And so in meditation is where we, in a sense, give ourselves the opportunity to experience that greater action that is so subtle in this world, but is so powerful in the greatest force, truly in all worlds, but we just don't recognize it until we really wake up in spirit beyond the illusion. So it's making ourselves available paying attention to our own inner experience. What are we doing? Just in relationships in the world here? Well, what do we do inside with our relationship with God? How do we open up and be in a loving with God? And what do we do where we close down and shut ourselves off and pull away from God? Often I've seen people even blame God, like God's doing it to me. Why is God making me go through this suffering and this challenge and this stress? Think about it. Why is God doing this to me? But if you always follow back to the source of a thought, a feeling, an action, a reaction, always follow it back to its source. Where is that coming from? If we were to be truthful with ourselves, we'd say, well, that's coming from me. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's God doing it to me, or somebody else is doing it to me. 
But who's the one experiencing it that it's being done to? Well, that's me. It's me who's feeling this. It's me who's thinking this. So what am I doing to allow this to take place? What am I doing? How am I participating, in a sense, to cause these feelings or experiences of separation and pain? I'll tell you what. One of the first steps to truly have a fulfilling relationship with God inside, or even in the world with others, is to begin to take ownership. We know we hear Jim use the word responsibility all the time. One other way I look at that is just to take ownership for what it is we're doing inside. And I find that as I can begin to take more ownership of my own inner process is where I often find myself beginning now to empower myself to make different choices, to change the circumstances that I'm going through. So, as I do that, we've all heard of this thing called freedom of choice. God's not making us do it. We really do have a freedom to choose what we do, how we participate, even when it doesn't seem like there's a choice in the world necessarily, but there's always a choice inside of how we participate in what we do within ourselves. And so I have found that whatever I can do inside of myself to open up that door to allow that loving to move is all I need to do, whatever it takes. Forgiveness, acceptance, loving, whatever it takes to open that door. Just giving up, letting it go, surrendering. All these different things we always talk about over and over and over in here. It's that inner process. And it takes time because a lot of these things are so subtle that we're not even aware of what we're doing in ourselves to cause the state of consciousness we're in. But that's why it's so important to focus more on that action of meditation on the names and on loving God than it is to try to figure out all these things that we're doing that's creating separation. Because the wonderful thing is, when you don't worry about that, and you focus more on just loving God, that in that movement of loving, that's an action. We're taking ownership, being responsible, and making a choice. And that in that, we begin to move ourselves into that flow of loving. And as we participate in that, that door begins to open. And it's really wonderful. Because as the door opens, you may even feel yourself being lifted or feel that movement of God's loving down through you. And in that movement, you may not even experience a releasing or letting go of whatever the struggle is going on inside. This often happens to me where I'll be aware of the loving all of a sudden, but I'm necessarily not, in a sense, letting go of whatever this thing is causing separation inside of me. But what I do find is that in that movement of loving, going both ways, that that loving will often bring a greater awareness to the struggle, to what we are doing inside of ourselves that's causing the separation. Because that's what we call karma. That's what we call the unlearned lesson. And it is as we open the loving that the loving begins to reveal, to show that we may see what it is we are doing in ourselves 
That's a true revelation. The relationship of loving reveals the karma, the lesson. It's in that revelation. We have the ahas, the awakenings. We begin to see what we can do now to get free, to complete the karma, to learn the lesson. And so we take steps, even physical steps, or steps just in our imagination, or emotions, or mind and the belief systems. Just little changes here and there. All those little changes, as we begin to see them and then act upon them, is how we do our part in setting ourselves free. That's how we release the hooks and the attachments. Did God do it for us? Yeah. God brought us the light of loving and brought the awareness. But then we had to do our part called loving, accepting, forgiving, letting it go so that we can set ourselves free and now allow ourselves to rise up because that's what happens when we release and let go. The natural tendency of spirit is to rise up. So it happens automatically. The neat thing is when it happens, it really is the hand of God lifting us up. But you see, in that freedom of choice, God doesn't just yank us up and lift us up. God's always holding us. When we receive initiation, that hand of God literally is placed under us, and we sit in that hand. That is that direct connection that initiation is. Because initiation, it's not just those names to receive. When we receive initiation, we are opening up in our consciousness saying, Okay, Lord, I receive. I freely choose and open to your grace so that I may get in your hand and be lifted. And I will do my part as you ask in loving you and chanting the names and doing the meditation and learning my lessons. I will do my part in my relationship with you so that I may return and that I allow myself to return through you. It's an amazing process that takes place. There's so much inward and outward, back and forth in this whole action. Even the physical initiation when we get together, place our hands on your head and share the names with you. It's a physical action, right? But we say that's not the true action. The true action is that which takes place spiritually, which is true. But yet, why do we need to do it in the physical level then? Because the soul, as it resides in the physical body, has its physical karmas. Well, why do we need a physical teacher to do it? Because we're in the physical consciousness with the physical body. And in these worlds of separation, it appears outside of us, coming to us. The teacher coming, placing the hands, giving the names. We are freely choosing and opening to allow that action, even physically, that God's loving is placed with us and in us. Where literally the hand reaches in, cups under the soul, to begin to lift it home. And it is the same thing that we can experience even on all the other realms beyond the physical, into the astral, the causal, the mental, the etheric, and even into the soul realm. We're just like you see the teacher. In this case, if you're initiated here with Jim and myself, physically placing our hands with you and working with you, classes like this, that even on those levels, the same thing goes on. That the radiant form, not the physical form, 
the radiant form, the soul of the teacher, where God's living word has been placed. We call that the mantle of initiation, that which is the authority of God that brings the soul home. But that authority, that action of the living word, needs a vehicle because that's how things work here. Just like our physical bodies, for each of us is the vehicle for our soul into this physical world to have experience, to move around. And so it is on these other realms where there's still the appearance of individuality. Is that there's these vehicles by which that spirit can move. And so that living word will work in the form of the spiritual teacher, walking with us, lifting us, talking to us, working with us to help us, even on those inner realms, come to a greater understanding, to learn the lessons, to recognize the journey. It's not just in this physical level like we're talking here. This goes on, just like here, over there. There are schools of learning on every realm, even the soul realm. Just this morning in my meditation, and I'm always grateful when I get to have a greater spiritual experience beyond this physical, where I was lifted up out of body. And as I was, I was journeying up through the etheric realm, and right above I saw that brilliant sun, that light of God that I know that is the doorway into the soul realm and out of the realms of time and space. I also like to call them the water worlds, because it'll often appear a liquidy like water. That's why we also call them the land of reflection or the sea of life, because it's really an appearance of water. That's how the light is reflected in here. So as I was moving up, and I got closer and closer to going through that doorway into the soul realm, that as I was traveling up, I began to feel the pull of the Master. The Master is... God's loving, not Jim or Brian or Jesus or anybody else. The true master is God's loving. But here's something to be aware of. As I was just saying a moment ago, that God's loving will work through a form or a vehicle in these worlds of individuality and separation. Well, in that working through a particular soul, there's a certain quality or essence. Because truly in spirit, it's, in a sense, impersonal. It's all one. There's no personality. In these realms, there's personality. There's different unique personalities or qualities or energies or frequencies. In spirit, in the oneness, it's different. But in here, there's a different essence or quality. So one of the things to pay attention to, that as that Holy Spirit is working through the teacher with us on this inner journey, that often... That essence will also not only be the loving of the Holy Spirit, but we can be aware of even a particular quality or essence of the soul that it's working through, the teacher who initiated us, even in the physical realm. So pay attention to that, because the two, in a sense, are one. The teacher is one with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one with the teacher. And so there's that essence. We've heard not only through Jim, but even time of Jesus and throughout history, the different teachers, saying that disciple will know their teacher by their voice as a sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. There is that voice that we recognize that stirs our soul awake. 
But it's not just the voice, not just the physical voice, it can be that, but even in spirit, that voice is the sound current, the voice of God that works through all the realms, even the physical world, where that word is embodied. And so we'll hear the voice, we'll hear the sound. And when it's time, and with the teacher we're meant to be brought back into the soul realm with, we'll respond, we'll know that voice. But also with that voice, there's a frequency, an energy, an essence of loving. So pay attention to that, because that's one of the big keys on this inner journey. Even here in the physical body, when we're meditating, and we begin to open up, we may not see anything, we may not hear anything, we may not know anything, it may be just dark. But as we relax and continue to focus on those names, that essence of loving is in those names. But there is also that unique quality of that essence of the spiritual teacher we've been initiated with that God works through. And that's how we come to know and follow this pathway through that essence of loving and through that quality of the teacher of which that essence of loving is working through. And so, be aware. I often call it a feeling level. I'm a feeler. In the body, I'll call it a feeling level. In truth, though, it's really an experience. The more you move up in the realms of spirit, we could call it a feeling level because, yeah, I kind of feel it, but there's so much more than just feeling. There's this experience, this knowing that just permeates me. That's more than the feeling. That's a spiritual experience. We can have that right here in the body. We don't have to be out of body like I'm sharing right now. That happens right here in the body, as well as all these other levels. On the other levels, we'll just see more, more, more awake. Maybe not always, but we can be. So as I was traveling up in spirit, I became aware of that essence of the master, the true radiant form that brings the soul home. And in that energy, I was aware of the deep devotion and longing of wanting to return home. That deep devotion and longing of wanting to go home is a key element on this pathway of sound and light. Without that, we're not going to do the work. We're not going to have any inspiration. So we're not going to do the aspiration, the work that it takes to return home. We're not going to put in the effort if that longing and that devotion is not there. I tied devotion and longing together because to me, devotion is that deep longing or loving of the soul wanting to reunite once again with God, its creator. That's what that is for me and maybe for you too. I just don't want to place words on it for what it is for you. I'm describing my experience and you may find it the same, or you may use a different word. But it is the same experience, regardless of the words. So in that, I was experiencing the longing, the devotion of the Master, and it pulls the soul home. That's what it's doing. That's God's loving, drawing us, pulling us home, bringing us home, stirring the longing and the loving to return. That's what God does. That's what the spiritual teacher does. That's hopefully what is happening inside of you when you hear Jim and myself share 
or maybe one in the past, like Hafiz here I was reading earlier. That's why we read these, because that essence is there. But we may not feel it through a book, because that teacher is not here physically, but it's great inspiration. But here's something I want to share today, and why I'm even talking about the teacher and all this too. Really, it's all loving God, all of it. But often we don't recognize or really know that greater essence of spirit. But it is through the teacher by which we receive initiation do we begin to wake up and come to know what that essence of God's loving is. That's the true servant of any teacher of this path to sound and light is to be that vehicle for God's loving that we may recognize it. And all we have to do is focus on that and surrender into that. And as we do, then automatically it just lifts us and brings us home. So as I was traveling once again up towards the doorway, felt all the energy pulling me back into the world, I surrendered into that essence and into the longing and the devotion of that inner master. God's loving, the radiant form, the master is that which is God's loving that does bring the soul home. That's what the true master, the true teacher is. Not a personality or an ego. It is that essence of God's loving that is the master that as we fully surrender and focus and allow our longing and devotion to bring us into and allow the master to bring us up into the soul realm. And so that's what I did. I surrendered completely, letting go, not even caring, not responding at all to all this trying to pull me down. And what happened? I just slipped right on up through that doorway. And at first, it was slow. It's just my head popped up. Because I could see this watery essence, this watery quality of these realms of time and space, the illusion, the reflection. Got my head, the first thing my head popped up. It's just literally, if you like in water here, the only difference is you can breathe here. If you try to go into water here, you know the body usually dies because it can't breathe. A little different with the soul through these realms. But even then, as soon as the head pops up, <gasps> it's like a breath of fresh air, like we've been held underwater, gasping for air. My head popped above the water, and all of a sudden, I could breathe the freedom. And then in the soul realm, it's wonderful because it's just all daylight. You see the brilliant sun above, and it's all daylight. There's no darkness. It is all daylight everywhere. No darkness, it's all daylight. And it's active. The soul realm is a busy place. It's active. When we move into that, there's a great activity going on. That's the creativity of spirit, of the souls. The true creative action of God is God created the divine sparks of souls. That's an action of creation. And so in the soul realm, where God created the souls, the divine sparks, that creativity is an activity. Creativity, activity. And so there's this energy of activity, of creativity, in the soul realm, and even all the souls there, busy, busy doing things. But that activity, or creativity, is the true expression of loving. 
true expression in its pure form, beyond all the illusion and the reflection. And on that level, you can still see all the individual sparks. We're still not, it's not till you go further up, do the sparks begin to merge into the greater oneness? It's that first level in which out of the oneness came the individual sparks that we call soul. Each of us is. And so my head got up there. It's so wonderful to see all this activity. And I'm saying this, by the way, all the activity. To be aware. Because often we hear these phrases like, peace, be still, and know that I am. That does happen. We hear about becoming quiet and thinking we've got to quiet the mind. Or we hear some of these other traditions, more Zen-like things, where you move into this stillness and nothingness. That's part of the journey. Well, you've got to go beyond the stillness and beyond the nothingness to get into the fullness, which is very active. Loving is active. Loving is creative. There's doing. Things going on. But to get there, it's like we come to this point where nothing's going on. Total stillness. We come to that point, and it's in that point when we move into the stillness where we slip through it and move beyond now into the greater flow and truth of spirit that is so active. So be aware of these things. It's a funny process. And that's why I'm trying to really talk about a lot of details today so that you be aware of all the things that do go on and how to approach really moving into the greater freedom where we move into stillness, surrender, letting go. And in that is how we let go of everything in this realm of time and space that would pull us back down into the world. That's how all of a sudden we let go. And then the Master can lift us up because we no longer are holding on to anything or reacting to anything or fearing anything. Because it's all of that that keeps us attached. Even though those hands were like pulling on me, when I went into reaction, it's like reaching down and taking one of the hands and go ahead, pull me down. That's what fear, reaction, all these things do. Those are the attachments, the entanglements where we're caught up that keep us from the greater freedom. So we do our part. Love God. Hold our focus on God. Look for that radiant form. It's always there. We may not see it at first, but eventually we will. We'll come to know it one way or another. See it, feel it, hear it, know it. So stay focused. And then as all these things try to pull you back down, don't react. Stay calm. Relax. Let, let go. Surrender. Don't worry. And in that is how it drops away in the radiant form of the Master, now can bring us fully into the soul realm because we've done our part of loving, and in the loving is how we surrender and relax and let go. Is this making sense? So focus on the loving, and as we do that, we allow it to now work through us, and as we do that, the surrendering just takes place. In other words, we don't have to try to do something to let go other than relax and focus on the loving. And so, as I first popped my head up through that opening, all the activity, the sunlight, the breath, the fresh air, I was tired before that. I was just tired and worn out, not knowing if I could make it. 
The head gets above the water there, and all of a sudden, they start coming alive. Because that's what spirit is, is alive. Energetic. And so, as I kept holding my focus, slowly I started rising up out of the water. And I could still feel those things pulling me. Here, I'm, my head's free, and slowly I'm getting free up here, but still right below that, everything's still in the water. All that energy was still trying to pull me down at the same time. Until... We just keep focusing, and then slowly do we rise up out of this realm of reflection until we're completely free. And then we get to move about freely in this realm of light and loving. And it's wonderful, because in this particular case, where I found myself was right amongst all of us, all of us that are initiates, already there in the soul realm. Already there, already free, busy, active, doing, loving, experiencing, learning. And right there was a school. And as soon as I rose up into there, I in my soul heard myself declare, I'm home. I'm home. The soul realm is the home of the soul. It really is. And it's funny because right there, just like we can see things here, we've heard the as above, so below. And everything here is a reflection of the spiritual realms, the Garden of Eden. So there I found myself, literally a house, a mansion. That was my home. Even there, right there in the soul realm. Just golden, loving. But also right there was a school. We hear this action in ILM of what we're doing, of the soul's return home. That all those souls that Jim and I are here to serve in this action were busy. I knew everybody there. It was fun. And it's really interesting, though. A lot of the souls that I knew there, that I knew here in body, I was aware also that many of them there in the soul realm, which is the truth of where the soul always resides, were not even aware down here of the truth of their own soul and the soul realm and its freedom and experience. Very interesting. How many times have we heard Jim share, one day you'll wake up and realize you never left the heart of God. I'm saying the same thing, just in the different details. The soul's already there. You, the soul, are already home, already in the soul realm, in the freedom, in the loving, in the pure essence of your truth. But you, that divine spark that has come into this world to have experience, has forgotten, is not aware, does not know. Just amazing. All at the same time. All at the same time this stuff's going on. Well, how can I be here but yet there and not even know it and then all of a sudden one day wake up and realize it? That's a damn good question. I don't know the answer. It's crazy, I know. But that's what's going on. That's what's going on. So this action of initiation, the teacher, and the meditation, those three things, isn't it funny how things come in these trinities and threes? Those three things are the core to this whole pathway. It's important for each one of those. Without the teacher, there's no initiation. Without meditation, there's no need for initiation or the teacher. You could say vice versa with all of it. But it's up to us 
to make the choice, to take action, to participate in that relationship because it's that participation that we awaken to what I'm describing now. And I'm giving details, actually, so that you know in case you have a dream or an experience, whether it's out of body or in body, and if you see these things or hear these things or just feel them, experience them in some way, that you relax. Because believe me, when you hear this here, you'll remember it when you're there. You really do. No matter where you're at, you, the soul, remembers these words and knows because you've heard it here because they are words of truth of the soul's journey of experience. We don't forget. You may leave here today and weeks from now, forget about this whole talk, but I'll guarantee if you have a spiritual experience beyond this physical consciousness and you find yourself in another realm experiencing, you'll remember these words. That's the service of the teacher. It's not just the words, but it's that essence that shares the words and those words specifically, too, because that's how the essence can work with us in this journey of awakening. But it is up to each of us to do the meditation. That's the key. What is the meditation, though? What are these names of God? Well, like I said earlier, those names, when they're given, not just these words, it is, in truth, the hand of God reaching down and cupping under us to bring us home. So initiation is us opening to receive that. And those names is that hand of God. As we chant those names, in a sense, build the power of the name, as we say, that power is God's loving. And that's what the hand is, is God's loving that lifts us up. That's what the power is. But as we chant, we awaken. We're not creating something new. We, in a sense, are creating the opening and creating the awareness of us awakening to the truth of that power, of that name, of God's loving through that action. So as we do that, we are loving God. That's what meditation is, is loving God. The initiation is opening to receive God's love and then being given the tools, the technique, the way by which we can now love God to participate in that relationship. And so as we go into meditation and chant these names we've been given in initiation, that is us doing our part. That is us loving now the Creator, loving the Master, loving the true form, which is loving. But the journey to the soul realm the true home, is a pathway. We'll see it in individuality as a stream of light and sound. We'll hear it. We'll experience going through these realms, just like in the physical realm. We're walking around this world, driving around, experiencing. We look up in the sky. We see the sun. It's the same thing on the other realms. It'll look often very much the same. And all we have to do is go towards the sun, the sun is always a doorway into the next level, into the next realm. And sometimes in that journey, we'll just fly seemingly on our own. But if you pay attention, you'll be aware of a divine presence always with you. At other times, 
we'll be aware of the divine presence and we'd be walking through experiences like what the heck's going on why am I going through this sometimes it's called just walk through the experience just have the experience even if you don't understand you don't need to know why in your mind but guess what another part of you knows why the soul you just may simply not be conscious of it in the moment so just allow yourself to experience to go on the journey to have the experiences on the journey that's all we have to do is just keep on walking just keep on experiencing don't stop when you stop what happens pain separation agony that's what happens when we stop that's really the blessing so instead of pain being a curse it's actually a blessing because when we experience it I'm not talking just a physical pain in the body I'm talking about the pain we experience within ourselves that's the separation so use that pain in a sense as a blessing to inspire to motivate however it may to get us to participating to move beyond the pain by walking the journey by doing the loving by doing the meditation I don't care if it's an hour a day instead of the two and a half Jim and I know not many people do two and a half hours do whatever you can do that's what matters it's not about the time this isn't a rule a have to something you gotta do if I don't do it I ain't going home no it's about the loving it's not about what you're doing it's about what you're doing it's not about the time it's about what you're doing focus on the loving regardless of how long it is how short it is let go of the details let go of the experiences the distractions the poles of the mind the emotions and the body and simply focus on loving God and if that seems too grandiose then love the master love the teacher love me love Jim even in our individual forms how we look physically love us why do I say that because I know the truth of how the Holy Spirit works through the teacher to bring the soul home that's why I wanted to share what I did earlier about the master essence that pulls the soul home because I know what that is Jim and I have talked about this so many times about how open or candid to be with people because we know nobody truly understands until they awaken fully then they understand that's the only way to truly understand but you know what we share anyway because we know in this physical level if we share and say love us yeah love me the teacher the spiritual teacher in the East they do that in India they love the teacher because they understand that physical body is that doorway for the living word into the world by loving the teacher that is in a sense loving God through the teacher it's a doorway to go into spirit they know that and it's true but here if we promote that here in the West not even in the West necessarily what happens what happens over here oh my god guru worship oh my god cult oh my god give your power and authority over to this person that's a bad thing don't do that 
But that's not what we're asking here by loving the teacher. It's not a physical thing. It's not giving our power away. It's not asking the teacher physically to tell us what to do and how to live our lives. That's not what it's about. But we know if we even talk about that too much, I'm talking about it some today, but we don't talk about it too much because we know the physical consciousness, and this is just human, will start to play all kinds of games and create all kinds of things around what Jim and I share around this. And then enter in all the disturbances, the illusions, the fantasies, the whatever of the physical form, the attachment to the physical form. I've got to be close. I've got to talk to them. I've got to ask them what to do. Then what happens when the body dies? Oh, my God, my teacher's gone. Bullshit, as we say here in Texas. No, that's just the body. That's not the true teacher. That is the living word, the radiant form, the master form, the living, loving essence of the Lord. That's always alive. That's always present on every single level of consciousness. It's not the personality. And that's the problem they often run into in the East because they do, in a sense, worship or love the physical teacher. So it both serves by loving them as that doorway into spirit, but it can also get in the way if we make it about the physical. So be aware of that. But also be aware, oh, you know, I don't need to love Jim or Brian. Ah, you know, they're just a couple guys. You know, Jim and I sometimes say, are we too ordinary? Do we mingle too much with the disciples and the students so we look too human and ordinary? So Jim and Brian, they can't be teachers. Those are ordinary. They're like my friends. How can they be a teacher? Because a teacher is somebody you put up on a pedestal and worship, right? Well, maybe Jim and I shouldn't have interaction then with people and stand up and get a higher stage here. That's what also happens, though. There's a lot of groups doing that, and there's separation. We don't want separation. Because in truth, Jim and I are just as ordinary physically as everybody else here. We're all the same that way. And Jim and I hope, in the way we're interacting with everybody, that people get that. We're ordinary like everybody else. We love, we have our own reactions. We are loved. People have reactions with us. It's ordinary. It's no different than anybody in that regard, physically. But that's also why Jim and I have learned to talk about these things, to share these things. So there's no games. There's no hidden agendas. And hopefully... There's not much of any room to create all kinds of fantasies around the teacher, around a pathway or a group, around being different or special or better than or less than. All those games that go on everywhere around the world, spiritual or non-spiritual. We know that's what goes on. We know it's going to go on no matter what we say. But we know at least as if we speak about it and put it all out in the open, that there's a lot less opportunity and room for all the games to go on. At least that's what I found. So Jim and I are going to keep being like we already are. And at the same time, we really want our initiates, we want you to know the greater spiritual truth that is taking place. And really know that. Because it is that love and devotion that you can even feel right here what may seem on a personal level. You can feel that right here, right now. And it is that love and devotion that is the greater truth of spirit that does bring the soul home. I don't care if it's in the body 
or out of the body. It doesn't matter because it's not about the body. It's about the spirit. It's about the soul. It's about the loving and the soul's return into that loving and waking up and knowing that greater truth in the fullness. But it is through that relationship that we have with the spiritual form that this all takes place. So go for that relationship. Have the relationship with the true form of Jim and myself, which is the loving essence, the living word, the action of God's grace, the Holy Spirit. That's the true relationship. doesn't matter if it appears like myself and Jim or something else. You'll know what it is because when you receive initiation, it is anchored in you. That essence is alive, but then you've got to keep it alive by chanting, singing, saying those names, loving God. That's how you participate and wake up to that essence of loving that is there. It's already in you. All we're doing is helping you to recognize, to wake up and to know what's already within you. That's it. And spirit, sometimes it can look like we're doing it for you, lifting you up. And truth, yes, that is. But again, it's God's grace lifting you. But I also know that happens because of what you do. What that essence is inside of you. I just talked about going up to the soul realm, the soul's home. But then there's that journey that continues where you, the divine spark, even now journey up higher into the soul realm and begin to merge into the greater oneness of what we call God. I like to say the face of God because that's the first level of where we, in a sense, can see God as, you could say, a personage or as an individual, the face of God. So we can relate, just like we each have a face here and can relate with one another. Well, in the beginning of the soul realm and up to a part, the same thing takes place with God there. But in that face, we see the true essence of loving. That light and sound that come from that face, that voice and that loving essence and warmth that radiates like the sun, literally like the sun, is what wakes us up to the greater knowing of that truth of what God is. And so what do we do? We keep following that and journey, just like I said, this other sun in the doorway into the next realm. Well, guess what God's face is? In the soul realm is also that doorway now into the body of God beyond the face. So you go into it, it's another doorway, where now in that action we, the soul, truly begin to unite and merge into the greater oneness of the realms of spirit or the body of God, the ocean of loving. That's the ocean, is the body of God. That's beyond the individuality. And beyond that, it's even a whole other story of all the different realms of spirit and the soul's continual journey into that greater oneness with God in the greater fullness. Even though we can, in a sense, be aware of self or the individual consciousness, the wonderful and amazing thing is when you merge into that greater ocean of loving, 
you still have that awareness of self, if you want to call it that, that which is that essence of loving, of knowingness, of I amness, of consciousness. But also in that awareness is the awareness of God self, of God, the greater oneness. We've heard that phrase where Jesus said, the Father and I are one. I and the Father are one. That's what that is, where we merge into that ocean of loving the body of God and know ourselves as one. We no longer are just ourselves, but we are now the greater self, that is all. So in that journey, the radiant form of the individualized spiritual teacher is a lot less, because in that journey, it's God directly moving into the oneness. The teacher in that individualized form still walks with us, because as long as we keep coming back to this world of illusion of separation, of individuality, there's going to be the individual form of God's loving, always walking with us and assisting us to fully complete the journey here until we do now go back and never have to return. Back into the oneness, beyond the form, beyond the individual. And that's what this pathway is truly about, is that greater merging where we do the soul, not only return home to the soul realm and know ourselves as soul and know the truth of that home, but also that greater journey beyond that into the greater experience of our oneness in loving in the true kingdom of God. All right. I think that's it for now. Thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that earful. <laughs> and I really hope it does maybe stir or give you even a little more detail of really the greater truth that's going on on this pathway. So thank you. Actually, I have several things I'd like to share about today. One of the things that I've been aware of, especially these last few weeks and my own unfolding and my journey here on this path to sun and light, is really this greater depth of spirit that we're doing here in Inner Light Ministries. One of the things I, in a sense, would say I would like to attempt to do is to begin really to share the greater depth of what this pathway is and all that's involved in that. One of the prefaces I'll say to begin with, this pathway is the same as it's always been. So there's nothing new or anything different we can say. But what we can do is right here and now begin to open to that greater depth of spirit and the greater depth of the inner awareness in this process by which the sound and the light works in and through all the levels of spirit and into this world. And of course, it's always in this world we experience the greatest challenge because this is, in a sense, the greatest level of darkness or experience of separation from the oneness with the light and the sound. So one of the things I started a couple of weeks ago and what I'd like to expand today is this action we're doing on this path to sound and light of initiation, the meditation, and also the spiritual teacher or what we can call 
the Word incarnate, or that living Word, which in truth is this pathway of sound and light, is that living Word of God, is the path of sound and light. I remember once, a little while ago, I had the experience in which that living Word of God's beingness, the light and the sound, spoke in me and through me as that spiritual teacher. And it said in my voice, follow me. I am the path of sound and light. Follow me. And I knew what that was because as a teacher, I am one with that. And I know that just as Jesus stated, I and the Father are one. Well, I know that truth. I know my oneness with God. I know what that is. And I don't mean that as a statement of ego, saying, look at me, I know. But I say that as a statement of acknowledgement of truth, of what I know myself to be in that, as that, and also to know you in that and as that. And that's why I claim and state and acknowledge that. Because I know that in my doing that also opens the door for you to do that for yourself as well. Because that is the greater truth. But you know, we need to hear that. We need to have some sense or experience or recollection. Even if it's just a belief or a hope or a wish, that's all right. But we want that belief or hope or wish to move us into the actual experience and knowing for ourselves. And that's a lot of what Jim and I are here to do, is to share with you our own knowing, our own experience, our knowing of what that truth is in hopes that it begins to light that way that you may walk into that for yourself. But also in that action, it's important to be aware of what I could say the different components or the different ways in which this action of light and sound or God's loving unfolds us, awakens us, brings us into this greater truth in which we are seeking in the soul's oneness with God. And so that's what we attempt to do here in ILM, is to share the words that hopefully in those words, that essence of loving, not only do the words bring understanding or peace, but in those words, that essence of loving that can travel on the words, that if we allow them, that they can begin to stir within us that essence of loving and its truth in our own inner knowing and the spirit within. And so, in a lot of ways, today with the things seen in meditation I'd like to share, I was also aware of falling short because I'm aware the words are just the words. But I try to do what I can on this level, that the words can reflect really that greater essence of the divine, of spirit. And so I hope the words serve you in that way, to maybe show the way, to follow me, the living, loving essence, that is the path of sun and light, not the personality, not the physical words, but the word of God, that is that path of sound and light. And so, one of the things I know is that, as I do share, for those that are meant to really walk this pathway, will hear the words and will hear that truth of spirit and will begin to experience that inner stirring or awakening or longing to truly return back home to the realm of soul and the realm of spirit, where in truth we are one with 
that living, loving essence that is God and who we are in that. So follow the words. Listen closely. Pay attention. And as always, go for the experience so that you come to know the truth. We don't want ILM to be a religion or belief system. There's so many out there now. Always has been, but there's even more now than there ever is just because there's more people. There's more access to the information through the Internet, through books. There's just a lot more available. And so it also gives us greater opportunity to also become more distracted and getting caught up in the words and the belief systems and the outer actions rather than the true seeking, which is always within, and that in truth is done through meditation, to really close our eyes, to turn away from the world and begin to seek that spirit within. But also be aware that words do have power, but only the power that we give those words. It's very interesting. This morning in my own meditation, I was having spirit, in a sense, show me a lesson about the power of the spoken word. But I also want to say in the power of the spoken word, I don't mean just the spoken word physically. I mean the word spoken on every in any realm of consciousness that the spirit of who we are can empower those words that can either work for us to move us towards spirit or to work for us to move us towards the world. Notice I didn't say against. How many of you thought I was going to say or to work against us? Because that's often what we think. That if it's into the world, if we're on a spiritual path and want to go home to God, if it's anything to do with the world, we don't want that, right? That's working against us. Well, we can sometimes set ourselves up if we look at it that way. Because really, everything works for us. It's just a matter of what is it we're working. What are we working for and what are we having work for us? And so even those words we use, we can empower. And it's very interesting because I saw that that power we give to words can either serve us in uplifting our soul back to spirit or we can empower the words to, in a sense, empower us more into the world to get caught into the mind, the emotions, and the body. It's what we choose to do with that and how we choose to empower those words. It's very interesting because one of the ways I saw this, I was reading a page in a book, and then as I was learning about the power of the spoken word, all of a sudden, one of the words on the page literally popped out and became like 3D in a different color than the rest. And it was Spirit showing me the power that we put into words themselves, whether they're spoken as you hear them or whether you see them written down on paper, that it's still a word. In a sense, is spoken from somebody's thought onto a page or spoken and recorded and transcribed. So I'm referring to the spoken word in many different ways here, not to look at it just physically. But there is an essence that we give to words that give them power. And how many times have you heard us here in ILM with these sacred names of God that we give in initiation? We talk about in meditation by chanting them over and over. What do we do? We build the power of the name. The power of the name through that repetition. 
So an initiation, when we receive these, or even the hue to a degree, that as we keep focusing on those words that make up that name, and that's just the physical words, again, they're just words, there's nothing there, until we begin to empower them with what we put into them. That's why you can receive these sacred names of God in initiation. But if you don't begin to build that power of the name by chanting that and putting your loving into it, they're not going to do anything for you necessarily. I say that because I also know that if we receive initiation, we do open a door to allow God's grace to work with us in a greater way. But if we really want to live it to the fullest, and allow it to work with us in greater ways, then we've got to do our part to begin to empower that name we receive. And so we do that through repetition, through chanting, through singing, through saying it over and over within our consciousness. And we begin to empower that name with the loving. Because that's the true power, is loving. And so it's up to us to do that, to work with what's been given, but also to understand if we receive these sacred names, what they are, what they mean, what's the physical level of these words, what's the spiritual level, how do they work, how do we work them, how do they serve us, how can we work with them so they do serve us to really move into this greater experience of the divine. And... The flip side of the awakening to the divine is what? Liberation from the darkness. Liberation from the karma. Freedom of the soul from the worlds of illusion and entrapment. There's always, in this world, the two sides of it. The two sides of the same coin. I tend to like to look at the better or the good as opposed to the bad. But I know the truth. It's all one. So we need to acknowledge it all. So it's important to understand, not to deny or avoid anything, but to participate and acknowledge all that's involved, all that it means. Because as we come to better understand not only this journey of life itself, but this specific pathway and initiation and these names and meditation and the teacher and what it really is to be a true disciple, what's involved with that? What's this all about? Why? Am I doing this? Notice this said I. I didn't say we. It's I. This is a path of I am. And it's each of us individually choosing this for ourselves. It's not the we. It only looks like we because all the eyes are coming together to learn about this. That's part of self-empowerment is to acknowledge the I am. I am choosing this. I am loving. I am soul. I am one with God. And that's really the difference between the teacher and the student is the teacher is one who has experience and knows themselves as one with God. But more than that, it truly is God asking that soul to be a way shower upon this path to assist the other souls to come into that knowing for themselves. So it doesn't make the teacher special. It just makes someone who knows through their own experience and who has been empowered or given that authority by God directly to teach those other souls 
that are looking for that way home to show, to demonstrate, to give the techniques, the tools, and even the experience of loving. That's what the true spiritual teacher does, is brings that experience of loving to stir that essence of who you are awake within so that you come to know that. And that's what Jim and I are here to do. And I'm beginning to claim and make a greater statement in the world myself in doing so, and one who does that. Because I know the more I do that and acknowledge the truth that I know, sure, you can look at me like I'm crazy. I am, and I love it, and I have fun. That's my silly side. But I also know the greater truth and why I have so much fun because I do know my oneness with God. And I do know that authority God has given me to assist, to do the initiations, to point the way, to bring you the souls that choose along this journey of loving. That's what we're here to do. Hopefully we speak and it stirs that loving inside of you, that you know what that is, that you know if you don't, keep seeking, keep listening, keep looking. Check things out, participate, find out, because it is through your actions that you do come to know. You don't come to know by thinking, by hoping or wishing, but by taking action and discovering. So do that. But I will also say, coming to gatherings such as this are an important part of this journey. It's not the only part, but it is a part of coming to know that greater movement of loving. Because as we gather here in these spiritual gatherings, that that essence of loving does come present, that as we turn within to God, that God does support that and shares with us, bringing us lifting us, stirring us, inspiring us, moving us, releasing us, as we allow it, as we accept it, as we forgive ourselves, as we love ourselves, as we love God. I like to say it's a two-way street. God can only come in if we let God in or invite God in. So that's the other part. We often talk about in meditation as we're chanting these names, we're sharing our loving with God. But the other part is also letting God in, letting God love us. And part of letting God love us is also us loving ourselves. Because sometimes, what do we do? We reach out to God and say, God, love me, love me. And we do it out of desperation because we don't love ourselves and we feel the pain of separation. So we want somebody to love us. God, love me. Somebody out here, love me. Isn't that a lot of what we do in the world? Don't we look to other people to love us? Think about it. Do you look to your partner, your mate to love you? Do you seek attention from others, whether at work or school, just out in a coffee joint somewhere? sitting having a coffee, looking around, who's noticing you? Love me, love me. 
Isn't that what we're doing and looking for in the world? It's funny how it works, how we look outside of ourselves to be loved because if somebody or something can love us, well, think about it. I say something, what am I referring to? Well, mostly like pets, but maybe even plants or some make-believe friend or whatever. And if we can feel loved, somehow it gives us permission to love ourselves. And so that's a good thing. The only problem is we set ourselves up for a great fall because we're always looking out here and then when that source out here stops loving us or goes away, what happens? We crash. We crash inside because that which was feeding us love from outside is now gone. And so what happens? That flow of loving we experience is gone, all dried up. Now we don't know what to do because we were looking outside and it's gone. But that's also a good thing because we want love so bad that we won't stop seeking it out. I don't care if it's in the world or in spirit. We will seek out love until we are fulfilled. And that's the good news. No matter how dark or lonely it seems to get, our soul, who we are, will not stop seeking love until it's fulfilled. And that's a great blessing. In a sense, you could say God gave us from the very beginning. It's always been there. Ever will be. Always moving us along on this journey of life. But when it comes to that day, when really we've experienced enough in these worlds of illusion of separation, that eventually we'll begin to seek love from the source, the greater truth. And so we begin to find our way, first going out into the world, looking, seeking. And then eventually, what do we do? We find those out there that begin to say, the way to love is to go within. Always to go within is the way to love. And so, eventually we come to the place where we find ourselves now, if anything curious, wanting to go within to experience this greater love that these spiritual people talk about. What is that? How can I experience that? I want to know because something inside of me is empty, is lacking, feels the loneliness or the separation. So I want to know. I want to be filled, to fill up, to know that greater love. And so we begin. We begin to turn inside, begin to do meditation, maybe all kinds of different meditations. I didn't start out with this pathway of sound and light and these sacred names. I didn't start out seeking God. I started out with meditations of relaxation, meditations to improve my health and improve my focus, performance, whatever. All kinds of things out there. And it's all wonderful because each thing teaches us something about ourselves because of the experience we have along the way. And it's in that experience, as each leg of the journey is fulfilled and completed, we'll then take the next step and the next step. And so, that's what I did as well. One thing led to the next, and eventually I found myself now truly wanting to wake up and know the spirit of who I am and the spirit that is in all. 
And so eventually we find ourselves seeking that greater journey, seeking that greater experience of spirit, of loving, of God, of soul, of joy, of peace, and all these different aspects that are of that essence of God. And so sometimes we even come to these groups, maybe not even seeking God, but just seeking peace, or wanting a little more joy in our lives, or wanting to feel more a part of something where we've maybe been feeling alone. They're all good reasons. It doesn't even matter what the reason is. This is something inside of us that we are responding to, to answer. And so that's all we have to do, is keep responding. Keep responding. Because as we respond, we begin to answer the longing, the calling, the wanting, the lack, to fill it up, to know that greater abundance and joy and loving. And so we come together in groups like this, and we begin to find, maybe in the words at first, something that makes sense or answers what we're seeking for out here. Or maybe it answers feeling lonely, just coming together in a group and being with others with a loving focus. Or maybe we just get one little tidbit, like all of a sudden we hear about forgiveness of self. We go, oh, I've been forgiving others, and it's been great, but something's missing. And all of a sudden we hear about forgiving of self. We say, oh, let me try that. And that's all we needed. Off we go, forgiving ourselves, and all of a sudden our life begins to change. And we're happy for a while. We don't even come back to any spiritual gatherings. We go off, whether it's a few weeks, a few months, maybe even years. And then after that, it starts to slow down, come quiet again. Well, another leg of the journey complete. Let me start seeking again. So once again, we begin to look, to find the answer to the next question or the next thing inside of us that seems to be longing for something more. And so again, we find ourselves back, whether it's this group or another one, looking to answer whatever that longing is. But eventually, we will come to the place where we really know the ultimate answer to all longing is truly awakening to our oneness with God, where we, the soul, become one and all things are answered, all things are fulfilled, where all things are complete and fulfilled and no longer is there anything unanswered or lacking but the ultimate fulfillment. Eventually, we each come to that place, even if at first it is just words or wishing. But we're not going to stop. One, we don't want to. Another, it's too painful. And ultimately, because we know it's truly our heart's desire to return, to experience the greater fullness. And so we'll keep doing it. We'll keep meditating. We'll keep loving. We'll keep accepting. We'll keep forgiving. We'll keep trying everything we can until it's answered, until it's over, until we are fulfilled. So keep on keeping on. Another wonderful experience I had this morning in meditation. I love it because you'll hear me 
often talk about having out-of-body experiences. And I just want to be clear because there's always been so much confusion. Are we supposed to get out of body on this pathway? Because I hear Brian talk about it and other people. It's like, no, there's no supposed to. It's called what we're going for here is loving. And then whatever the loving unfolds in us, through us, with us, however, is what we just let unfold. I don't have out-of-body experiences all the time or every day. But when I do, it's because it's a way that, in a sense, God is supporting my soul and its journey, and also that I come into the greater understanding of all the different aspects of this pathway so that I know and that I can also share and teach it. But also in those experiences is where I know the greater truth and see it and hear it and experience it fully so that I can share that greater truth with you as well. I think we call that authenticity. You know, when somebody's sincere and authentic, we get it. But if they're not, they're saying, ah, oh, they're full of, you know what, they're not telling the truth. And so I share from my experience so that you get the truth, that you get that loving. And also the things that do happen and can happen along this journey, whether it's out of body or in body, doesn't matter. It's really all the same. It's just a unfolding of the loving, no matter what level of consciousness we experience. So I just want to be clear with that, that you understand that. The meditation in this pathway is simply about being and the loving with God and awakening to that. And however it unfolds for each of us individually really <laughs> is just fine. If you never have an out-of-body experience, if you don't remember any of your dreams, but you've got loving in your heart and you love God and open to allow God to love you, that's all that matters. So just know that. So when I share like I am now, just know that it's there in a sense to teach, to inspire, to maybe in a sense give an idea, an example, so that as we continue this journey ourselves, we have that greater understanding and know how to step forward. So what I want to share is an actual experience, and then I want to share a little bit of a lot of what that was for me. And so it was very interesting this morning. I found myself in meditation lifting up out of body. And as I mostly do, fly, is that I was flying through spirit. I became aware that what I was flying, how can I say this sometimes? <laughs> well, you know how we talk about the river of loving. Well, this pathway often can be experienced literally as a river of loving, but not as water but literally as light and sound that make up that loving. Even if you can't see it, you may just know it or you may feel it. Even when we're meditating, you may feel something on your head or moving through you, that divine presence. That's what I'm talking about. So as I was flying in this realm and spirit, I was in that river of loving, that divine presence that is that river that all of life moves upon. But also each of us, in a sense, has our own river of life that we are moving upon in our own journeys, also bringing us back to God. And that is that Holy Spirit that loves the soul through all of experience, bringing it along out of God, through experience, and back to God. So on this journey of return, of going back to God, is what this pathway of sun and light is about in its greater focus and simplicity. In this experience, I found myself traveling this river of loving 
and as aware of how in truth that river was bringing me along. It wasn't me making myself fly along this river and in the river, but it was the river itself, God's loving, bringing me the soul towards itself, bringing me the soul along on its journey of experience. And that's what spirit is doing on every level of consciousness, here in the body, all of our physical experiences, as well as out of the body, in these other realms of experience that we speak of. And the more we can turn to that, the more we awaken and come to know what that is. You aware that a lot of the guided meditations, how I even move us into meditation, of really saying, be aware, pay attention, give your focus, look, listen, feel, know. And I try to even talk slowly so the words don't get in the way, but simply give direction, but allow things to unfold so that you can pay attention and become aware of what is taking place. So even here, same thing there. We're awakening through our experience. So as this river of loving was bringing me along towards itself, I was flying over lands and I was aware, this is very interesting, it's fun this morning, that as I was in this river, it was stronger and a greater loving, bringing me fully as I stayed centered and focused right at my spiritual eye and looking to the loving because that's where the connection is. You know how Jim always says, God first and God only? Well, I was doing that, God first and God only, keeping my focus centered, focused, and boy, was that current strong when I stayed very centered and focused. But all of a sudden, I became aware down below me, colorful things, activity going on, flying over the lands. And I could have, I don't know, if I talked about it in physical sense, maybe I was 50 to 100 feet above the land and the topography. But the different colors and activities caught my attention, you know, like something went out of the corner of your eye. And all of a sudden, I glanced down at what was going on. And as soon as I glanced down, right away I started to now move towards that which I was glancing at. And right away that direct connection I was experiencing in that river as it was lifting me was in a sense, it wasn't disconnected, it was simply that I was distracted, I turned away. And as soon as I, just in a glance, all of a sudden I started to move towards that which I was focusing on. That quickly, just from a quick glance, just a quick look. And as soon as I felt myself beginning to move towards that and beginning to move out of the center of that river of loving, I didn't like the way that felt. Believe me, the fullness of loving is the greatest thing, is the greatest of anything. And so the second I felt that, I knew I looked right back up inside, inwards and upwards, right back to that center, the spiritual eye, God first and God only. That I came right back to that center and that strength and the power of that loving and the fullness brought me right along. And I went, hmm, this is interesting. This is a, not only a wonderful experience, but also a wonderful experience of learning unfolding for me of how this works, God first and God only. Keep your eyes on God, because as we do, 
is how we allow God to bring us along in that greater way of awakening to the fullness, God bringing us back to the oneness with itself. So I got the lesson pretty quick. But then, of course, you know, you got to experiment, right? So, of course, I was aware down below of the other things, so I glanced again. I held my glance a second or two longer, and I found myself staring into shoo, and I almost went out of that river just simply by looking. You ever heard that energy follows thought? Well, this is even more subtle than energy. I wasn't even thinking. I was just looking, and I was moving right towards that which I was looking at. No thought involved, just looking. So I said, okay. So I just looked in and up again, came right back, centered, <clears throat> kept on going. I did this like two, three, four times. But that's how we learn. You play with it. You experiment. So in your experience, the lesson unfolds. The learning unfolds. You come to the greater knowing and understanding for yourself. And so after doing that a few times, I said, you know, why bother with the distraction? Why bother letting myself become distracted and getting caught up in what's below? Because I know in me, I simply want to experience and be in that greater fullness of loving, in that experience of God. So then I let go of the distraction and just allowed myself to become very pinpointed in my focus and allow the loving just to unfold me. And it's really wonderful because truly when we give our full attention to God, that God does not only unfold us, but literally is what is awakening us, bringing us through everything. And I was in this river of loving for some time, not only flying above, but eventually that river of loving even brought me down into other experiences where I had experience that looked somewhat like the physical here, where you're interacting with others. But if we stay centered on that loving, one, we stay aware. We know ourselves and we know that it is the loving even bringing us through the experience. Because what often do we do? We look away from the loving, get caught up in the experience, experience the pain of separation, go into anguish, start complaining, whining, woe is me, self-pity, anger, frustration, upset, because we are not experiencing the loving. We're experiencing the separation because we have simply not only turned our gaze away from God, but also went and got caught up in the world. Not only by focusing on it, remember what I was saying earlier about the power we even give to words? The light, looking, focusing, the sound, the power of the word, the spoken word, that which we energize through the light and the sound, even make up elements even into the physical experience, as above, so below, the reflection. So even as I was going through experience, I stayed centered on God, that movement of loving. And that's why even chanting the names, even in inner experience, is a good thing to do because those names will bring us the power of the word, the power of the name, those words that we give power to. So if we give power to those names, they bring us into the loving because that's what their essence is. So as we look to the loving and chant and speak words of loving, that brings us into that river of loving, that brings us along this journey of life.
through all the details. One of the greatest things that I have learned on this pathway through all these years, and believe me, I'm a person who has gone to a lot of different psychics, looking for answers in books and from other people, tell me what to do with my life, how is this supposed to work, not just physically, but even mentally, emotionally, how do I deal with this problem and that. I've had some great help along the way, but I've also began to get distracted by, again, looking outside of myself. So what I have found is that I keep coming inside and going to God within, to the loving, that I began to discover that truly life is not about getting answers out here. But life is about fulfilling the soul by waking up fully to the loving. And I found that it is that loving that brings the soul through all the experiences. And in all the experiences, the answers just come forward. They just come forward because that's part of the experience. If it's a mental answer, an emotional one, or a physical one. But it comes from the flow of loving without even having to go outside of the loving to seek the answer, to find it. But literally, all I had to do was go into the loving and then allow the loving to bring me through the experience. And here's the other big part. Not only did it answer and fulfill things for me, but then when I was done, it was the loving who brought me out of the experience and now into what's next without me having to do it. In truth, all I was doing was going along for the ride. But believe me, it takes a bit of effort to stay centered and focused. That's why we call it doing the inner work. It takes a bit of work and effort to stay that centered and focused on the loving and allowing the loving to unfold us. So that's really the work. It's just the loving. And then staying centered and focused on it long enough to allow the loving to truly unfold us and not allowing herself to become distracted or caught up in the other elements of the world. And that, I know, is how the soul is fulfilled. Become free of its karmas and also to return into the realms of spirit back into its oneness with God. Is simply through that action of loving, that path of loving, that river of loving. This path of sound and light is what that is. And that's what takes place. And it's fulfilled through that. So be aware. These are some more of the details to pay attention to. And as we do that, it just unfolds. And it keeps unfolding. We can experience what seems like quite miraculous things at times, but then when we really live in that loving more and more, we begin to become aware that truly, this is just what loving is. This is what loving does. It's ordinary. It's natural. It can seem like miracles at times, but it's just the natural unfolding of loving in the soul's journey. The other important part of this journey, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, that there's three integral aspects to this path to sun and light. And those three things are meditation, initiation, and the spiritual teacher. And those three things work together. In truth, they're all one flow, one action. But here, of course, it appears as different actions, but they all work together. 
Because in those three together is how this path to sun and light unfolds in its truest form, in essence, through all the different realms of creation, even into the physical. How do we even know about this pathway unless there is a teacher in the world teaching it, sharing it, expressing it, putting it out there so that we even become aware? Did you even know this existed until somebody told you about it? Did you even know any of this stuff? Hear about it? You may have heard different things. That's the first step. But then when you come and have your own experience, then it's a whole other level. So we have a teacher who shares what that is to bring to our awareness, to inspire us, to stir us awake to the possibility, to the truth, that living, loving essence. Then we have the initiation. The initiation is where the teacher shares with the disciple those sacred names of God, those names that as we're given and hold them inside. How do we hold them inside? Well, that action is what we call now the meditation. So the initiation, the teacher sharing those names, and then the meditation now, we're also, we need a teacher to teach us how to do the meditation, how to work with those names we've been given. And so it's holding those names inside as sacred, chanting them, building that power so that we begin this greater journey of which I've been speaking of to this point. So it's those three things together that are important. And in truth, there's one more, and that, of course, is you, the soul. Because this is all about you, the soul. This is about you, the soul's journey of awakening to come to that greater knowing, to come into the greater living, loving essence of who you are. And so, these are three important components about you and you coming into that greater beingness that you are. But in this world of appearances, of individuality, separation, we have to work within that. Spirit honors this creation Spirit works with the principles and the laws of time and space, not against it. So even in this pathway of oneness, that in these worlds we work in honoring of these physical time and space, matter and energy laws and principles. So we have the appearances of being apart from one another in that way. And so it's important to understand these three components in this way. Now those three work together in the greater flow of oneness, in this river of loving. Because in truth, the spiritual teacher is that river of loving. It is God's loving, working through what appears as a vehicle, or a body, or a consciousness, or a personality, or an ego. So I'm going to stop for a moment. I don't know if I just went off course or what because I just got flushed and pretty warm. Or if I'm right on track because I really want you guys to know the greater truth of how this pathway works. It's always been taught in the East. And in a sense, I've been avoiding it here in the West. But really, it is needed to have a teacher to really for the soul to wake up. And I've avoided stating and claiming doing this myself because I didn't want it to sound like an ego statement. And I also didn't want what I know comes with it because people attack. 
out of the egos and the reactions. And so I've avoided that. And I'm not doing that anymore. I'm starting to acknowledge and share what the truth is of how this works and what I know. And I do know it is not the personality. And you'll hear myself and Jim over and over say what the truth is, the true spiritual teacher, the living word that is God's loving, the radiant form. What it does use is personality as a vehicle to share in this world. And I know that, and I hope that's what I'm conveying, because I know I'm doing that as well. It's anchoring it more in the world, and there's just things that the world does with it that sometimes I don't like to deal with. But at the same time, I won't trade it. Because the more I know that I acknowledge and live this myself and share it and share the initiation and those sacred names, I've seen it enough on the inner levels and I've heard it now enough out here from all of you who've been doing this. The experiences you've been having, your own awakening, the greater loving that you're becoming more and more aware of, I've seen and heard enough now that I cannot avoid it any longer. I know it's up to each of us to do the meditation, to receive the sacred names given in initiation, but I also know the truth of how the Holy Spirit works through the spiritual teacher to awaken the soul, to bring the soul along its journey. And why Jim and I share, even in meditation, to look for the radiant form. We often talk about the purple light and the blue, the gold and the white. Those are all frequencies and aspects of that radiant form. But the one we don't talk about a lot is the radiant form that God will use of even ourselves, where it looks just like myself or Jim, where spirit uses our face, our bodies, even in spirit. Some of you have had the experiences of seeing us in the dream state or in meditation or out-of-body experiences. And you know that. And Jim and I have been very clear that that really is the Holy Spirit simply using our form to assist you on your journey of return. So that I'm clear with, and I understand, and I know that truth and I'm also understanding in my own personal journey of sharing this pathway and being a spiritual teacher that I have my own personal process of learning and growing into greater freedom. And I know that as I do that, such as sharing right now, moving through whatever that was inside of myself, that it opens the door in greater ways within me to even share this pathway in maybe more profound ways that can support you so that's why I love to share. I know that as I do that, it anchors it within me and here in the world for those that are seeking and truly want to come to know, not as an ego statement, but truly what loving is in its purest form, in its greatest essence. And that's what I'm here to share. I guess I needed this today. So I thank you for assisting me in continuing to expand personally as well as support you. Just feeling kind of that place of vulnerability right now. You know, it was 
pretty interesting back in um, 1999 when I was stepping in to the soul realm for myself and my own awakening. And what I want to share now is part of how I know the, the action and form of the spiritual teacher. Because as many of you know, or all of you know here, that Jim is that spiritual teacher for me and continues to be. You may have heard me in the past speak that at the top of every realm, there appears that essence of God that looks like the sun, or in some shape or form, a brilliant light, most often like the sun, like we see in our physical sky. But also that sun can have a face, a beingness. In truth, it's God's beingness, as God has placed itself in and through all the different realms of creation. But one of the greatest joys is when you get to go through that sun that's at the very top of the etheric realm and the doorway into the soul realm, because that's the doorway to the soul. And it was that experience when I went through that sun that it was Jim's face. I used to call him soul face for a while. Because in truth, the radiant form of the spiritual teacher and in their oneness with God is one and the same. And so the teacher that initiates us, that God is bringing us back home with and through that teacher and their true essence, their true beingness, is one and the same with God. So God will use the form of that teacher so that we know the journey we're walking. We know who and what we're working with and dealing with. And so that day that I got to step into the soul realm, I knew where I was going just by the essence, but then when I saw Jim's face and his big, huge, brilliant-like sun, and as I was flying and approaching him, I was saying, I'm coming into you, and I flew right on in, and I found myself truly in paradise, as we know as the home of the soul, the soul realm. And from that point on, I've known that greater truth and what truly the teacher is in spirit. I'm going to share another one as well, but also as well as physically. Many of you have heard me share before that one of the ways physically I know the spiritual teacher to be is like a doorway into this world by which spirit can move in and through this physical realm to stir the soul awake where we find ourselves in these bodies and physical consciousness. And I saw that in a class right here, just like this. One time when Jim was sharing, and I literally saw spirit overlay his physical body, and a door opened, and a ray of white light came out of Jim and into me. And I knew what that was. That's what initiation is. That's that river of loving right into the physical world, through a physical body to another, but spiritually. Because that's where the soul is in this world, is in a physical body. That's why we need a physical teacher for that spiritual essence to come into. That's what the initiation is. And those sacred names are empowered with that spirit that is shared. And it's that same thing in this world and all the worlds. It's that essence of God's loving, that river of loving, 
It is the same right here and all the way up. And so we just keep riding the river, keep looking for the radiant form, and just surrender, completely surrender. Let go of everything. I believe in the East they call it surrendering to the Master, giving everything to the Master. It's really giving yourself. Let go of everything else, but you give it all to God. And then the day you really come into the soul realm and you come to know that for yourself, you'll see the teacher is one and the same, even as God in the soul realm, a Sat Purush, the face of God. So later on, after going through Jim's face and spirit and going into the soul realm, I also had the experience of seeing God face to face. I have several times. But that first way, I always remember, because even in that, it's called the many faces of the beloved, or the many faces of God. And those many faces are those spiritual teachers who have merged and become one with God. And it's through those faces that God works with the soul to bring the soul home into its essence of who it is. And so we'll literally see the face of God, but also know the face of the teacher is one and the same because it is that essence of God working through that form that is assisting us on this journey. And I'm saying this because I know many of you know that. But also, it's important to know the way it works so that you understand and you allow that greater depth to open within you so that you can come to that place of trust and vulnerability to truly let go and know that you're going to be okay and actually way more than okay. Because when you really let go and surrender to the loving, and allow the true spiritual teacher, the radiant form of the Holy Spirit, to lift you. It does unfold. And I'm sharing these things because I want you to know the things to look for, to watch for, and that as you see them or experiencing them, you just let go and allow it to happen. Because you can resist. You can hold back. You can simply look away, and you'll start to go to wherever you're looking. So if you look, the Holy Spirit, if you look to the face, the radiant form, it will take you to what it is in truth. Okay. Well, the one thing I know is that as a spiritual teacher, we truly are here to serve the soul. But more than that, we're here to serve the loving. We're here as servants to share, just to share. We're not here to direct and guide and tell you and make you. We're here to share. And all we really truly can share is loving. We do it through our words. We do it through our actions. We do it by just living. And then it's up to you to catch that which is shared in that movement of loving and to begin to follow it, begin to move with it, begin to let it stir you and awaken you. And sometimes that stirring and awakening is wonderful and invigorating. And, oh, my God, I want more. And other times that stirring is painful. It's agonizing. It makes you want to push it away. But it's just loving. 
And the loving is going to do with you whatever it needs to do to bring you more into the fullness of the truth of who you are as a loving being. And if there are things inside of you that is separating you from the knowing of that truth in you, it is going to do what it can to stir you awake into the truth. And to do that, it must also make you aware of those things that you have avoided, that you don't want to look at, that blocks you from living in the loving, and awakening to the truth of who you truly are. So be aware, this loving can have many different dynamics as it begins to stir in us. And even later on down the path of this divine walk, as the loving begins to increase and carry us higher and higher up, we may still feel and be aware of those things down in the world beneath us that we still have attachment to, that we still long for. And that loving is still going to stir us awake to that so that we do not let get anything get in the way of our movement back into oneness with God. But the amazing thing about it all is is in truth, nothing ever separated us. Nothing ever caused us to fall. Nothing ever in attachment into this world could hold us here because we're not here. We are in soul. We are in soul right now. We live and dwell as spiritual beings. But the key is, you're not holding your focus there long enough to really wake up into knowing that. And you have looked down, like Brian said earlier in his experience. He was holding his focus at the spiritual eye center. He was holding it inward and then upward towards God. And that movement carried him into that river of loving, up, 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 into the greater divine flow, into the oneness, where that loving in all things resides, where you and God are one. But then he looked down for a moment, got distracted, and off he went towards what he was looking at and away from where he had been holding his focus and loving. And that's what all souls that are caught up in this world have done. The soul in itself is still looking inward and upward toward God. And it does that in the soul realm. It is aware of itself as soul, and it is looking to God. Right now, each and every soul that exists on this planet is doing just that in its own way in the soul realm. But another part of its consciousness has gotten distracted. And it's kind of looked off to one side or another, and it has gotten caught up in other elements, other actions, other colors, other whatever that drew it down into it in consciousness. But the soul knows its divinity, and the soul knows its source, and the soul knows the journey. But it knows it in the soul realm, not in the physical. And the teacher comes down here to remind you, to remind you of who you really are and where you truly live, who the true essence is that gives this body life and consciousness, and to help you to begin to find ways by which to live into that more every moment of every day. So be aware. Be aware 
We are all one in this journey. We're all one in this quest. And this world is here as a great opportunity, a great opportunity of experience for the soul. That's what it came down here to have, is experience. So go, experience it fully. Enjoy it, love it, honor it. But ever keep your mind, your awareness, your focus, your attention, whatever that might be for you, focused also on God. Put God first. Even as you go into the world to participate, put God first in all things. And then you can invite God into your experience here as God invites you into the experience in the realms of spirit. And it's all one. There is no separation. There is no separation from God when you're driving down the road. God and you are one. And when you're seated in meditation and you're focused inside and you truly get into that divine flow of loving and you begin to go into that and follow it and focus in to that presence of God and go into that, you are one in God. There is no difference. So be aware, as a spiritual teacher, we come to share, just to share loving, to share it in action, in words, just in beingness, that you might begin to catch inside yourself the truth of that loving for you, that is you, that you begin to stir, that you begin to awaken, that you begin to choose into and live into that truth of the loving that is you, the soul. Letting go of all those other elements. Not letting go and dropping them or pushing them away and denying them, but letting go of them in the sense of making them more important than who you truly are. We need the mind. We need the emotions. We need this body in order to have experience here. So don't push them away. Don't make them wrong. Honor them, love them, respect them, but acknowledge the truth of who you are. And the only way you're going to do that is to awaken into that. And the easiest way to do that is through meditation. And what is meditation? It's withdrawing your focus, your awareness, your attention for a moment from this world and awakening to the truth in the next, in the world of spirit, in the realms of spirit and knowing the truth, and then being able to come back down here and participate much more fully than ever before, creatively, actively, lovingly, joyfully. And I'll share one more thing. As a spiritual teacher, we know you. We know you in soul. We see you there. We honor you there. We love you there. And when we see you here, that's who we see, you the soul. And we also, in that, are aware of your pain, aware of your separation within yourself, aware of whatever that is that is causing you disturbance, causing you distraction, causing you separation from you, the truth of yourself as soul, and from God. We're aware of it, but it's not for us to come out and point it out to you and say, oh, by the way, and what are you doing, and why don't you look over here and Stop doing that. That's not our purpose. That is for you to love and honor inside yourself and awaken into and grow into and let that be part of your journey. 
We're here to do one thing, and that is to give you initiation and support you in the action that initiation is, meditation. And then let everything else unfold naturally, and it unfolds naturally. It's gradually and naturally. And that's the beauty of this path. The true teacher is God. The true teacher is the Holy Spirit. The true teacher is the sound current. The true teacher is loving. The true teacher is your soul. Because your soul is all of that. Your soul came out of God. Through the movement of the sound current. In the action of the Holy Spirit. As an expression of loving. And it is through that same movement that your soul returns home to God. And we're just here to assist in whatever way we can in that journey. So relax into it. Don't struggle with it. Don't make it a big issue. Don't try to figure where you are in the journey. Just be in the journey. Enjoy the journey. Walk the journey. Love the journey. Live the journey. And if the journey today isn't such a great part of the journey, just be aware you're going to turn the page. Maybe you might want to read a little bit faster today to get to the bottom and to turn the page to find out what's next. But don't do that. Live each word. Live each moment. Live each experience. Stay present and do because that's where the experience is now. That's where the lesson is now. That's where the opportunity for growth and opening is now. Don't avoid pain. Don't avoid sorrow. Don't avoid separation. Don't avoid anything. Move into your fear. Move into your anger. Move into your separation. And love it all. Honor it all. Fulfill it all. Do it 100%. And then you'll find there's no difference. It's all the same. And it's just a part of experiential movement of consciousness through these lower realms that the soul is having to fulfill what God gave it to fulfill. Be joyful. Be joyful in the midst of whatever. Be joyful. And sometimes it's not that easy. We know that. We understand that ourselves, but be joyful anyway, because in doing that, you're inviting God in. Just by letting yourself call that forward, your joy, your loving, you're calling God into whatever that is that is disturbing you, that is attracting you away from, and God will participate with you in the fulfillment of whatever that is to get you back on course, if you will, again. But in truth, you've never gotten off course. You've just looked away. The soul is ever moving toward God. The soul is ever caught up in that flow of the living, loving river, and yet we may not always be aware of it because of where we are distracted. So relax. Let go. Just be in this moment. And go with it. And as much as you can, keep reminding yourself to look up. Look up, look up to God first. Look up to the loving. Live into the loving. Move with the loving. 
and let everything else just unfold.